You know, God is looking for a people that will open up themselves to Him and just worship Him. And again, in our own special way, but with a true heart, a, a worshiper's heart. You know, in, uh, I believe it's Samuel, whenever, you know, Saul did what he did, and Samuel, you know, kind of had his issues now because God kind of took his hand off of Saul for the things that he was doing as the king. And, uh, and Samuel let him know. And so uh, Saul and Samuel didn't, wasn't on good terms to the point where Samuel had feared for his life if he ever went back and got even around the area where the king was at. And so the Lord says, I have a king that I have and I want you to go anoint him. And he said, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. This is in Samuel uh, 16. He goes, Lord, if I go, Saul will kill me. He will go and I want you to take time and we're going to do a sacrifice. Say, I'm coming to do a sacrifice. And invite the people, invite Jesse and all his kids and come there and I will show you the anointed one that I will anoint. And so it's really funny that you, you read this throughout the story. It's like he comes and he goes to the, to the place and they're all fearing and trembling. And he says, no, 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 I come in peace. And he, he, he said, we're going to do a sacrifice and I want you all to come. And uh, Jesse and his, his, uh, all his kids, and they were coming to that place. And it's interesting that God just didn't tell him right away who it was. Even Samuel had to walk things out in faith. That's what God asked us to do. There, there, there are actions to what we are trying to do and trying to accomplish, and God's looking for us to do something. I heard it so many times in my life. I'm, I'm just waiting on God to get something done. No, in all reality, He's waiting on you. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. So he went through, out and went through Abinadab and all the different sons. And, uh, and the Lord says, Samuel, don't judge. And this is 16, uh, verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Right? People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. God is looking to those in their heart and where their heart is positioned on Him. And so finally, you know, we got, you know, is there anybody else? We went through all the sons, all seven of the sons. Is there anybody else? And He's like, there's, there's still one. He's out with the sheep, taking care of the flock. And I, I look at it like this too, you know. Uh, <laughs> David was probably in a, in, a, in a place like, I'll be the one to stay and take care of, of the sheep. Right there, that's showing me what his heart is like. He wanted to, to help his family, and I'll be the one. That's the way I look. I, I'll be the one. Because I could see that in him. When you study David out, that's, that's what he is. And so finally, he will go fetch him, he says, and bring him. And finally, he said, this is the one. And so he anointed him as king. You know, uh, 
he had, he, David had qualities that God admired. And in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, the Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show him strong in the behalf of, whose, of those whose heart is perfect towards them. Whose heart is perfect towards him. Perfect here means loyal or true. And these are qualities of the heart. You know, when you're loyal to somebody, you're, you're going to stand by them. I love this pastor and his wife dearly. We have become great friends through the, through the years. And I'm loyal to him. I, I know if he's going to say something, I, I believe it. If he's going to do something, I, I've got his back. I've got you. Pastor, whatever. I've got your back. I, I, I believe in you. You know, I could say those things, and, 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 but then go behind his back and, and do something totally different. And then that's not loyal, is it? Is it? No. Catherine Kuhlman, I don't know if you know who that, this lady is. She was a great minister back in the 60s and 70s. And uh, had some tremendous uh, healing and, and um, just flowed with the Spirit of God so well in her ministry. But she says it like this, loyalty is something you can understand as you see it in action. Love is something that you do. Now, my beautiful wife here, I love my wife. I could tell her all day, every day. I love you. I, oh, honey, I love you. I love, oh, honey, I love you. And sit myself on a couch when she's needing something done and not do one thing for it, and she's going to say, he doesn't love me. Oh, that's a marvelous opportunity to say amen. <laughs> what am I saying? My Words, now I have to have corresponding action to my words to do something. Early in our marriage, she says, I need help with the laundry. When our kids were little, that's just too much. And everything else I'm doing, absolutely. It's old school, you think, wife does everything, she can handle it out. Now, I wasn't showing anything, any kind of love. I would tell her, buy maybe buy a flower, but... I wasn't showing her. She was, I, I need to know. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. What? Showing action. Doing the laundry. She loves to cook. Well, I do the dishes. What is that showing to her? Love. Action. Love. And thank you. You're helping me over there. Love in action. Are you with me? I'm going somewhere with this. Say, he's going somewhere. <laughs> I am going somewhere. Love is express, expressed in action. Loyalty is more than just a casual interest in somebody. It's a personal commitment to someone. We're just not coming to service on Sunday morning, and this is my time for God. What is it? I am having a personal commitment throughout my day, throughout every day, Monday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not just a casual time that I'm dating God on the weekend. Hello, somebody. Amen. It's the truth. 
Loyalty is basically, God, you can count on me. Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us all with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According, verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, considering the life of David, you know, he knew, God knew that he's going to be one that's going to help and carry, all, carry out all my plans and the vision that I have set for Israel. He's going to be the one. I, 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 he, he's seen his heart, and his heart is towards God, so he knows that he's going to be that type of person. God's looking for those that will carry out his plan and his purpose for this region, your world. We all have our different worlds that we live in every day. We all have different jobs or, or whatever we do in life. God is looking for those whose heart is perfect towards him to carry out his plan and his will for this region, for your world. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Again, David was wholehearted in his service and devotion towards God. Psalms 9.1 says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my what? Whole heart, I will show forth thy marvelous works. Psalms 111, 1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with, I will praise you, Lord, with my what? Whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. True worship. Are right, we getting back to worship? I'm going somewhere with this. True worship demands the whole heart. True worship demands the whole heart. With my, uh, Psalms 119.10 says, With my whole heart have I sought thee, let me not wander from thy commandments. Moffat's translation here says, I give to thee an undivided heart. A heart that is not separated or petitioned off into a bunch of little affections or pieces, if you will. I have, we all have different aspects of our life that we enjoy doing things. Some of us, I've played some golf with, Brother Mark here, and I like to play golf. That's one aspect of my life that I enjoy doing. How many hunters do we have in here? They're all hunting. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But we all have different areas of our life that we enjoy, and there's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to enjoy life. Amen, somebody. And so our, our goal here. Uh, even though we have different aspects of our life, you know, I used to think years and years and years ago, and uh, I was listening to Brother Hagin and just something come alive in me when he was talking about this. But he said, you know, we all have different areas of our life. And I used to think, okay, I have, I have my, of course, my wife and my family and, and the time I like to spend playing golf. And, oh, I got to make sure I have time for God. And, and now I got to... Uh, uh, you know, my music that I like to do and, and all these things of, of, of what my life is about, my, my whole life is about. And I used to think that God was a part, just a, a part of that uh, pie or a part of the, my life. And all of a sudden, he said something just, just boom on the inside of me. He goes, no, God wants to be the center of your life. Every aspect of your life, he wants to infuse that of everything that you do in life. He wants me to enjoy golf. He's going to be out there, and I'm going to enjoy God. I'm going to enjoy the beauty. 
I'm going to enjoy everything about it because I'm going to praise him for what he's done. The beautiful day that I have. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Well, today, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Amen. Are you with me? He's just not a, a piece of, what I'm, of my life. He is to be the center of our life to infuse all aspects of who we are in my marriage, in my children, in my, uh, my hobbies, in my music, in my, uh, the ministry that we're doing. He is to infuse everything as well as you. Our work. Are you with me? He wants to infuse everything that we, we are a part of in our life. He wants to be the center. Amen. So an undivided heart is a heart that is set on one thing, and that is on, hello, God. Although we have many different aspects of our life, he is still to remain the center. Psalms 57.7 says, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praises. Fixed here means position and set to remain. It's an action word. It's an action word. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. Not on the things of the earth. Even though we are in this body, we live here on this earth, our mind and everything about us, needs to, our affections and everything needs to be set on who? On God. Are you with me? I'm going somewhere with this. Are you with me this morning? Yes. We're laying a foundation. What is our goal? To set and to place our affection on things above no matter what surrounds us in our life. That God is to be the center and uh, that and he wants to do everything and be a part of everything that we do and infuse every part of our life. Romans 12, 1, verse 1 and 2, again, being wholehearted in our devotion towards God, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you go to the New Living real quick for me? Here we go. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I love this. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. We can stop right there and just shout. You know, in my worship, and in my time of, of praising him and, and worshiping him, I, I think on things that he's done. It's just not like I'm singing a mere song and I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul. No, I, I think on things. I love you, Lord. Oh God, you did this and this for me. And I lift my voice. To you only, God. There's nobody else. Because I want to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. And Father, I ask you to take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let my worship be unto you, O oh Father. Because I want to let it be a sweet, sweet sound 
in your ear. We personalize our worship. We're just not coming to sing a mere song. This worship team, they don't want you coming here just to sing a song. They want you to enter in. Even though we are all different in our own special way. And it's okay. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Changing the way we think. I I like to say this, you know, uh, an attitude. My attitude of the heart, I have to change the way I think about something to change my attitude. It's the truth. I think we've all been there. As soon as uh, uh, growing up, uh, our our, uh, uh, youth director used to holler, attitude adjustment. And we'd always always say, praise the Lord. (laughs) And uh, when things are going probably not the way we should have been going, attitude adjustment. We'd all go, praise the Lord. (laughs) Well, it was good. Here I am, 51 years old, and I still remember it. It's it's time that we we do and say some things, and we, we change our attitude about life. Change let God change us and transform us into the way and the person that, uh, by changing the way, what do you say? By changing the way you think. By renewing your mind, changing some things. We've all come in, and have grown up in different religions, if you will, different churches. You know, Lutheran, Baptist, uh, I grew up in Pentecostal. And, and they had their issues. Hello, there, you know, there's a lot of religions that are man-made and man-made driven, if you will. But I just want, I want the Bible to transform me. Not, not a man giving me rules and regulations. I want what God wants in my life. And I want to think on what he thinks. And I want to move in the area of my life the way he wants me to move. Now, the Bible says to occupy till he comes, till the day he comes. So we have things we have to do. We all have a mortgage or we all pay rent. <laughs> I say it like this. You know, I really don't need any money, but the people that I owe, they need the money. Right. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. So I have to get my attitude and my mind adjusted and think on him. Living sacrifice, what does that mean? A lifetime of sacrifices to Him. Where my heart and my mind and my very being is set on God. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Always being mindful of the presence of God in my life. Even though there are so many different things we have to do in life, I'm always mindful. You know, my mentor, and I call him Dad Hagen, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, Brother Hagen, 
Some of you may know him by. He was a, he was a prayer. And, and so I, I would always <laughs> be in a room with him and we would be conversing. And, and when I would be talking, I would look over and, and see his mouth moving. I was like, in the beginning, I thought, that's rude. What's he doing? I'm trying to tell him something about a crusade or something going on. He was praying. He was praying. Always mindful of the very uh, the presence of God in his life. Praying continually. Always. Amen? i got to tell you this one story. So we're... <laughs> One of the first times we went to breakfast together, and he's dumped, he, he always made, they, they liked hot tea. And he took mom's, uh, mom Hagen, her hot water, and got, grabbed the tea bag and started dunking it. And then his mouth started moving. And I thought in the beginning, I thought, oh, Lord, he's getting a revelation. There's something he's getting ready to say. Oh, Lord, did I do, any, did I do anything wrong? Oh, Lord, Father, forgive me, Jesus, you know, that he didn't, <laughs> you know, say something that I might have done, and you're showing him something, and I just want to please forgive me. And I kind of stood up straight, sat up straight in my, uh, my uh, seat there. And all of a sudden he goes, 99, 100. He goes, you know you have to dunk that thing 100 times to get all the <laughs> tea flavor out of that tea bag. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, thank God I didn't say, oh, Jesus, help me out loud. He probably looked at me and said, you are crazy. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of the means that we have to execute worship before Him is to maintain that life of worship, is to keep our life, to keep our thoughts, to keep our affections fixed on Him. How? You might ask. I'll tell you. Through the utterance of our lips, through what we say, what we do. God said, I want, to, I want you to worship me with your what? Oh, we just talked about it. Come on, everybody. Worship you with the what? Whole heart. The whole, your whole heart. What does that mean? He wants to be the, what do we say? The center of our life. And we can become that is when we fix our heart and set our heart and position it to remain on Him. And one way that we can do that is through the continual utterance of our lips. Why, you might ask. Because I had those questions. Why? Because our mouth and our mind are on the same frequency. Because our mouth and our mind are on the same frequency. How many of you, your mind has gone literally crazy at times, and you were there for sometimes hours letting it just go crazy, and it has put you in a, some people in the state of depression, some people in a state of, I, I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. Because we let our mind go. Back when the boys were little, uh, this is before I think I had a cell phone. Christina didn't have a cell phone at the time. And she was, uh, yeah, I usually got home about 4, 35 o'clock. And she was running to the store. And usually she was going to be gone longer than that. She'd leave a note, hey, went to blah, blah, blah. And, uh, oh, Okay. Well, I got home, and they're not there. And so uh, I thought, okay, well, they'll be right back. Fifteen minutes later, they're not there. My mind started to go bonkers, crazy. 
I know none of y'all are like this. Please don't judge me. I have grown, spiritually grown since this time. I had, don't laugh at me. I had them, this is actually sad. I had them buried in the ground, dead, car crashed, whole nine yards, couldn't find them in a, uh, in a uh, you know, I finally got a call from, from the police officer. They're, they're dead. And I had, saw the funeral, saw everything, about four caskets right in front of me. I went that far with this thought process. And all of a sudden, thank God for the Holy Ghost, I just heard these words. goes, what are you doing? And I, you know, I just kind of shook my hands and says, yeah, they're okay, they're okay. And it wasn't five or ten minutes later, they walked in and she had to go to three or four different stores trying to find something that she particularly wanted to fix for dinner. But I had, see where my mind went? Has anybody else happened? How, how can I combat that? Through, if I'd have from the beginning said, no, they're not, they're good. Thank you, Father. The protection of God is upon them. And I just start quoting those things right away. I wasted that 30 minutes of my mind going crazy. Wasted. Because I literally got fro in a frozen state sitting on the couch. I remember it. And all of a sudden, when I had to shake myself, I jumped up. I said, no, they're going to be fine. I was able to start trying to do something else. Still with my mind trying to tell me something bad's happened. I had to start. And I learned from that point. When things come our way, when, when the, the, the devil just bombards our mind to start saying things, right. saying the word, right. singing the word. Right. A, a, a song that Brother Keith Moore, a, a friend of ours, wrote, says, I'm keeping my mind stayed upon the Lord. My mind stayed upon the Lord. And he says it again. I'm keeping my mind stayed upon the Lord. And I like this line. My meditation, night and day. And just as soon as the, my mind started going off, I'm keeping my mind stay upon the Lord. Whatever song, whatever verse, whatever things that can help you stay in that moment continually, always. You know, I, I want to do this. I've used this illustration many times. I, don't know, I might have done it here in another time or two. I want you to, because I, I want to uh, demonstrate something. I want you to count to 10 in your mind, not out loud. Wait, don't start. Some of you are like, oh, he's counting to 10. One, two, three, one, two, three. <laughs> Wait. And then I'm going to tell you to say something. So on your mark, get set, go. Everybody look here and say, praise the Lord. Those that said praise the Lord, I saw a couple of you didn't even move your mouth. Those that said praise the Lord, did you have to stop yes. counting to say something? Yes. That's a demonstration of when your mind's going in a way that is not pleasing, if you will, to you and to God, that we can offer up praise. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, you're a good God. You're an amazing God. And I love you so much. You've done so many great things for us. If you don't do anything else, I still love you, even though he will. But I love you. I praise you. I magnify you. And I just start singing a song. Lord, I magnify you. Even if I'm at work 
So I'm doing corporate right now while we're getting the church started. We're, we're already in Austin working. I'll just in my head, Lord, I magnify you. Lord, I magnify you. And I lift up your wonderful. Because when I'm doing that in my mind, I can't think about everything else. Or if I have to walk out of the office or wherever we're at, go to the restroom or go outside. Lord, I might get my car really is the place you want to go. Because you don't want to have everybody thinking you're crazy. <laughs> Lord, I magnify you. Lord, and man, it just puts you in a whole different place in life when we continually do that. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. What? Whose what? Mind is stayed on what? Thou will keep him, keep me, say keep me, in perfect peace. Whose, me, mind is stayed on who? God. Amen. Because he trusts in me. Amen. I trust in him. So my mind is stayed on thee. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How are you going to do this? Who is it? 1130, 1.30 to 2.30. I'm going to lunch. He's going to stay here and, and minister a little bit longer. <laughs> I, can I go one step further? I'll, 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 we'll, we'll go through this. because I think it's important for us. Psalms 5.7. Again, another quality of David. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy and in the fear of in thy fear, excuse me, will I worship toward the holy temple. Now, fear here does not mean to be afraid of, to be scared of something. Fear here the, uh, simply means reverence, means awe, A-W-E. I didn't want my Texas accent coming out and you thought I said awe. Awe, A-W-E, to honor to admire profoundly and respectfully. We could say that reverence and the fear of the Lord is an attitude of the heart. Amen? These are qualities that we want to have resident on the inside of us in our lives every day and operating in, in this life that we have to live in every day. Do you know that there's some benefits from having the fear of the Lord? Some of you might not have thought that or maybe haven't read it in a while or, or haven't looked at it at all. This might be the first time you're ever hearing it. Thank God we're planting seed. If not, we're watering the seed, right? Psalms 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. You can use that scripture for protection. I said you can use that scripture for protection. Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. This is deliverance. That's a, a deliverance scripture that you can stand on. Are you with me? Yeah. All of us will, will definitely like this next one. Psalms 34, 9 says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no what? Want. No lack, no want to them 
that fear him. I don't have to want or lack for anything. Because I have a profound respect and admiration for him. And what I just did, I don't know if you caught it. What I just said, what I just did, is called a confession. Because so many times we hear a minister say that we, we, we've said this, it, it is a continual confession for us, just as, as well as it is for you. So I've heard Brother Hagan say, and I actually, uh, uh, I didn't say call him on the carpet, but I asked him about it. I said, Dad, you keep saying these things. He goes, no, I have to say those continually to renew my mind and, and to, to put the devil in his place. So me saying it again and again, me telling you, it's not that I always walk in that, but that is my confession. Does the devil still bombard my mind? Absolutely. This new project that we're doing. Oh my. Talk about the walk of faith. Jesus, Jesus. He said you'll always be there to help us. And uh, I'm, oh, guys, I'm so thankful. Uh, we came in a day, or I say there, we got here late Friday night, but able to spend time with these guys because you guys have done this. Y'all have done the, the uh, what do we call pioneering a church. And uh, they have just spoke volumes into us yesterday and some things that I was struggling in my head. Again, have my confessions going, but it's just struggling in my head. He said some things to me yesterday. And I said, you don't know what you just said because you just kept walk, talking about something else, but what you just said helped me. And that, I don't think what you thought you were saying, that particular sentence was something of the point that you were trying to make. But what he said was, uh, keep the vision before you and keep it big. I mean, because the devil is just like, do you need just be okay if you have 30, 40, 50 people? It's okay to and again, I've heard this from the fact God don't care about numbers. That's right. But he, he cares about everybody. That's right. So what does numbers mean? That means people in the seats. That means more people hearing the gospel. So he cares about numbers. Now, I'm not going to get overwhelmed by the numbers. I'm going to keep putting myself, as this pastor has done and has said to me hundreds of times, that you keep praying for the people that are supposed to be in your church. And that's, as a church, that's our responsibility too. And our responsibility to, to help get them here. I'm going somewhere, amen. Uh, but it's our responsibility to help, amen. Glory to God. I was on provision. Psalms 115. Holy Ghost sometimes will just take you down another rabbit trail. And then Brother Hagin says, just get back to the point. Get back to the point. Psalms 115, 13 says... He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. What is that? The blessings of God. He will bless them. Do you want the desires of your heart to be fulfilled? Five of y'all over here? Anybody over here? Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Psalms 145, 19 says, He will fulfill the desires of them that fear Him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Now that I'm getting older, this next verse is important for me. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord 
prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. We don't always understand why somebody passes away at a, at a time. I've learned when I was a child, don't, don't question God. We don't, we don't understand what happens and, and why. Don't ask why. My mother passed away at 36. That's young. I said, that's young. Very young now that I'm 51. <laughs> and I'm like, and oh, oh, my mind was crazy during my, that year of being 36. The devil kept telling me, what happened to your mom's going to happen to you? Get ready. What happened to your mom's going to happen to you? Boy, I had to get on top of it. No, it's not. I had to get bold. No, it not, no, not now, not ever. I had to get in my own closet, shut the door so I'm not screaming at anybody else or they're thinking I'm mad about something. I said, no. So said, get out of here in Jesus' name. I do not receive that. I'll live and not die and declare the work of the Lord. Amen. That's a whole other subject. And then the, uh, the last one here I want to read is uh, the mercies of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children's, and that's everlasting mercies. We're thankful for the mercies of God. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Worship team, why don't y'all come on up? What if, what if I uh, laid a foundation here for you? And this is, we're talking about worship. That God wants us as individuals to not just come to, to, a, to a meeting, to a service, and sing a song to Him and, and not have any meaning behind it. Are you with me? Even though, and I want to be strong about this, even though we're all different in our own special way and we uh, respond differently, we uh, exuberant or shy, but God loves us all. And so the Bible says, and I saw several people kneeling, the Bible says as they kneeled before him. The Bible says as they lifted up holy hands. As they said with a loud voice. There are so many different ways that our actions will demonstrate our love towards God. And that's where worship comes in. That now I'm showing my actions to God, not to anybody else. I don't care what anybody else around me says or thinks or does. But now my action is I'm showing Him. I worship you, Father. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Or if you want to kneel, you can kneel. You, you can, all these different things are just... I love just simple, because it's easy for all of us, is just, just to lift up holy hands. And He will put us in, we will, or we will put ourselves in a place to show God our love towards Him during that time. That's why Pastor and I have talked about it. We've talked about it even as a worship team. The words we sing are so important. As Christians, 
You know, and I always tell the worship team to, to make sure, you know, you understand what service, the type of service you're going to be in. Because if we're here and we have uh, a bunch of non-believers, we can sing songs to be able to help those folks come in. But when we have a, a bunch of believers, then we want to sing songs that will be vertical. Did I say that right? I always get that mixed up. Here. And so all my praise and my adoration is going upward. And so even if I, if you struggle with, I'm not raising, that, that man is not going to make me raise my hand. I'm going to simply just lift my voice. I'm going to throw my head up with a projection towards God. That he is my maker. He is my king. He is my Lord. And I could say this. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the dark. Won't y'all stand and sing with me? You give hope.